Good evening. It's Tuesday the 18th of September and this is the Tuescast for the week. In a bizarre twist of fate, I'm actually able to record this before seven. Normally I'm sort of between five and seven is some of my busiest time of the day. Um, getting the kids dinner and bath and ready for bed and like it's very sort of routine but my little boy wasn't well today so I had to keep him home with me and he fell asleep in the car on the way back from getting my daughter so he just went zonk he's still in his clothes and like it's quarter an hour before his normal bedtime so not really sure how this bit's gonna roll but you know you have to be flexible (laughs) I fight it it's just I'm just gonna upset everyone and that's that's a tough pill to swallow when you know that there are some things that might you know well it's just really hard it's really hard to know what to do in this sort of situation he didn't have a nap now he's asleep he obviously needs to be asleep so I'm sitting here on my bed with the cat a beautiful black tortoiseshell cat that we have who is a very important little fixture in my life and um uh having a glass of a wine which is actually called cat amongst the pigeons it's a barossa shiraz which is really good drinking like for its price point it's an astonish astonishingly good value um so yeah if you're on the lookout for a kind of winter shiraz well it's turning into spring now but if oh my god i have some news too speaking of spring like if you've been following this podcast regularly you may remember a plant that was planted at my old house that was called a ranunculus. Now, I had never heard of ranunculi before, but um, I planted them along the front and along the side of my old house. And then when I moved, I dug up the bulbs and I brought them with me. And me and my mum, my mum, who's such an amazing gardener, I'm really not a great gardener. I kind of don't get plants. Like, like I, I always feel like I'm just kicking goals, keeping my parsley alive. So I I think my my benchmark's pretty low when it comes to gardening. But at any rate, we we sort of built up the wall of this little side garden, which had been a herb garden that someone else had been making, uh, growing Vietnamese mint in when I moved into this place. And we planted the ranunculus and some daffodils and some jonquils, which my mum had bought me. And just yesterday... Just the day before yesterday, the buds of the ranunculus have started to show some colour and today they've really come out in their beautiful pinks and it's just so lovely to see them again. It is, um, it is a, yeah, I, I don't I don't even want to get too sort of generalised about the whole thing. I met a neighbour today who's selling up and moving on from the area after 30 years of living here and she said like five years ago, 10 years ago, she knew all of her neighbours and everybody had been here forever and now every house around her has changed hands multiple times in the last five years. So I know that it's not my imagination that Australia's real estate landscape has changed dramatically in the last five, ten years and the property next door is being sold, demolished and subdivided. The property next door to that is being sold, demolished and subdivided and these are... These are sort of top of the hill houses with 
big backyards that stretch underneath some power lines. So legally you can't build directly underneath a power line. So they're sort of subdividing them into these long, thin, like cigar sort of shaped allotments. But I, I, you know, I really do question what, what these planning decisions and what the real estate market and what's happened in the Australian property market as a um, as a place for investors to put their money. Like I know that in the last couple of years, people have been saying, well, since the GFC, you know, a lot of stocks have been <clears throat> really unpredictable, but Australian property is a solid investment. And I think a lot of people who wouldn't normally have been in the Australian property market have been in the Australian property market. And I wonder if anybody is accountable for what they've done to the communities in Australia that, where those properties are. On another note, um, the discussion about the possibility of a Royal Commission into the aged care sector has been prompted by an expose on four, um, 7.30, Four Corners, 7.30, Four Corners, Four Corners. Um, and I think that this is a bit of a trend, you know, Four Corners does a expose and all of a sudden everybody's aware of it. And um, you don't have to scratch the surface very deeply of the aged care sector to find... Um, a lot of abuse, um, uh, exploitation of staff. And um, I think it's interesting that one of the words that really hasn't come up in the last couple of days is is the, the percentage of women who work in the aged care sector and that the undervaluing of staff and staffing in the aged care sector is partly grown out of the low value of the work that's traditionally done by women in our society. Um, I'm deeply concerned about the aged care sector uh, for so many different reasons, partly because I know a lot of the privately owned uh, aged care behemoths have massive real estate holdings in Australia and what they do is they acquire small independent centres that probably offer better quality care for the property, not for the not for the residents or for the opportunity to provide better service. They want the land, you know. I read through a whole bunch of annual reports from aged care centres just as sort of side effect of a job that I was doing um, and it's really quite alarming the the way that the um, childcare, the, not the childcare centre, get on to Peter Dutton in a second, the aged care sector is, is sold to shareholders as a very solid real estate investment and it reminds me of that comment that I heard about McDonald's a long time ago they're not a hamburger business they're a real estate business what they do is buy property most of their asset value is in the property from which they sell their cheap shitty hamburgers which are you know I, I eat them but I shouldn't but <coughs> the real value isn't in the retail of hamburgers it's in acquiring real estate so where else was I heading? Oh, I saw a great big ad on the side of a bus with a name that looked familiar. And I went, Claire Foy, Claire Foy. Oh, my God, Claire Foy from The Crown. So Claire Foy from The Crown, who was famously underpaid for her role in as Queen Elizabeth in seasons one and two of The Crown, the Netflix series, which is so fantastic, is in a new movie with, I want to say, Matthew McConaughey, but I'm not completely sure. I really didn't take in the other name other than it was a big name, like it was a Matt Damon or a <coughs> Matt McConaughey or somebody like that. 
and Claire Foy. And I was like, oh my God, Claire Foy. Ah. I kind of wanted to, you know, fangirl out the window. Claire Foy, you're on a bus. Oh my God. Your name, your name. There you go. Um, speaking of Matthew McConaughey, and I kind of was, even though he might not be in this film with Claire Foy, I have discovered this motivational speech that Matthew McConaughey gave. I don't know in what context and the edit on YouTube is a little bit shit because there's kind of like sound mixing in and out from the films and unrelated pieces of footage and I just I don't know where it came from but I've been watching a few motivational speeches lately. Um, One of my favourites is This Is Water by David Foster Wallace which was given as a commencement address to his university that's amazing that's really amazing I love that I can't think why I ended up watching it it might have been because of mindful in May might have been like the only thing I really got out of mindful in May but at any rate um I love David Foster Wallace I'm reading slowly reading the pale king and actually really I'm not slowly reading it at the moment I've got it put aside for when I can give it proper attention because I can just I can feel how truly exceptional he is and I don't want to try and fit reading his amazing novel in with my oversubscribed convoluted shredded existence at the moment just, no this is not the this is not the headspace that I want to be reading a David Foster Wallace novel in so there you go <clears throat> but I do find that I've got room in my brain for the Matt McConaughey speech and uh it it's a lovely lovely piece of applied philosophy uh you can just sort of google um or look up on youtube matt mcconaughey matthew mcconaughey and um motivational it will come up it's 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 not hard to find and i i highly recommend it i haven't been doing my meditations every night but i have been doing them sometimes um i've discovered how the the real i mean it took me a really long time to get into youtube and sort of explore all of its breadth i watched an amazing um video about a tiny house that this mum and her daughter have she's even got like her aerial yoga supports built into the roof so that she can do this hanging upside down yoga in her tiny tiny house and um they have a dog and and cats and it was just like you know sometimes when you're up against an insurmountable problem you have to change the way you think you know like that that fable or that maxim about the the young girl who's told the truck driver to let the air out of the tires. What's that from? Anyway, I forget. Oh, it's a pretty woman, isn't it? That's, that's from pretty woman. But anyway, um, so I think, I think I'm hanging in there. Got a few things happening at the moment. Um, unexpectedly relocating again. And, um, that's going to be a pain. Um, my son's about to turn three, which is incredible, but also I'm just really, I love him very, very much. I love both of my kids very, very much. I get so much out of being their parent, (laughs) nothing financial, but I do, actually that's not true. I do get support. I get support from the government and I get some support from (coughs) the law. But yeah, it is it is a really tricky balancing act and I find the sort of the, the tension of always balancing is a little bit exhausting. Like those exercises that you do at Pilates that teach you to get your core strong. It's just you basically wobbling on something and you just control the wobbling and, and it, apparently that's exercise. So maybe all of this wobbling 
is actually strengthening my core in a way that one day I'll look back on and feel really, if not appreciative of, at least aware of. I feel like at the moment I can't really see it. But yeah, there's obviously a lot going on in Australian politics. I'm really excited that Dr. Karen Phelps announced her um, candidacy as an independent for the seat of Wentworth. I really, really am going to be following that with interest. I would love it if she won it. Um, because she's Dr. Karen Phelps, not just because of the importance of that seat. I think it's great to see her moving into politics. Um, it's very distressing, some of the reports coming out of the Liberal Party party room um, treatment of party members and uh, accusations of bullying are flying around, sexual harassment stuff's flying around. It's like there is no such thing as a linen closet for your dirty linen at the moment. It's called the front page of the newspaper. And again, it depends where you look. I think that the Trump case got interesting because obviously Paul Manafort has made some sort of deal with the prosecutors, uh, the Mueller investigation, and um, he's really, he's sort of like intersection. He's X marks the spot and the spot is Paul Manafort. If he has anything worth what people hope it's worth, it could lead to um, the end of the Trump presidency, which I, I don't know, like the world hasn't blown up. I don't know what to think about Trump as a president. It's quite clear he's out of his depth, but beyond that, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't done any good. It would be nice if actually someone was able to do some good and move the world forward, but far out. It doesn't appear to be happening anytime soon under the um, steam, the leadership steam of our current world leaders. Um, what was I thinking of just then? Oh, Katie Hopkins. Katie Hopkins, that right-wing hate monger columnist from the UK, has had to declare some sort of individual voluntary financial thing so that she doesn't have to declare herself bankrupt and is moving to Poland to... And there was a really interesting article in The Guardian about the, the person whose defamation case led to this result. Um, she had to pay legal costs for this food rider, which I originally thought was a man, and then I looked at the picture and it's a woman, but her her author name is Jack, and it's like, oh, you people are confusing me. I mean, I'm, it's not up to anybody to make things easier on me to understand, but I do find myself going... The other thing that I thought about this writer is that she had awesome hair. I don't know if she refers to herself as she, though, which makes me feel a little bit Taylor Mason, kind of like, am I getting it wrong? Um, so they have amazing hair. Is that maybe the best way to go forward? Like, really good. Like, like so cool. Wish my hair... Well, maybe my hair would do that with that product in I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there because it's starting to get rambly and... Um, I hope that you take care of yourself. Thank you for listening and please tune in again and I'll see you next Tuesday.